Welcome to this week's podcast from Suncoast Church. We hope that this message inspires you and helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, it is such an amazing privilege today to be speaking into your homes and into your life and through your screens. What an amazing time it is, no matter where we are around the world today, that we can be gathering and sharing and listening in. And I'm really excited that you've joined us here today. And um, as a church, as Suncoast Church, we're beginning a brand new series today called Unshaken, which I'm super excited to start. Maybe you're someone who is from another church. You're joining here with people from your church. We're just so privileged and honored to be able to host you along with us. And hey, maybe you don't go to a church at all. You're someone that perhaps isn't even a Christian. It is so cool that you found yourself watching this today. And hopefully you're going to find this super helpful for you. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring this idea of what it means to be unshaken, particularly in a world when everything is shaken. I can still recall uh, one of the most um, terrifying moments of my life. It must have been about 18 years of age. And I had my license for around about a year. And not far from where I lived, there was the highway and an emerging strip going onto the highway there. I, I, I drove onto it almost every other day and I became super familiar with it. But this one particular day, as I was coming to merge onto the highway, I got a little bit distracted. I was looking out the window, paying attention to something else. And as I turned back and looked on the road, the, uh, I realized the cars in front of me had stopped and were not merging onto the highway. And in that, you, if you've been here before, you'd understand this moment. In a split second, you saw the cars just coming so quickly up to you. You know, I was accelerating to merge onto the highway. And in just the, the, the split second time to react, I was able to swerve to the left, slander my brakes along the shoulder of the merging strip. And I remember skidding past about two or three cars. My heart was racing, I was terrified. I remember sitting there physically shaken and physically shaking. The adrenaline was coursing through my veins. It was one of those moments where I knew I was lucky. I just got away from something terrible happening. And as much as I was shaking in that moment, the truth is that event left me shaken. And for days and even weeks afterwards, I was so shaken by the experience, I could still picture the imagery of that moment of these cars coming straight towards me that it took me a while to gain my composure and my confidence back to be able to drive confidently again on the road. But in a way, I'm grateful for it because I took away a lot from the experience. I learned a lot from it. It is gratefully, it's hopefully made me a safer, definitely a much more wiser driver. It was a close call, but I'm better for it. And in a weird kind of way, the, the shaking of that moment, how I was shaken then, it shaped me. But if we're honest, anything we go through in life that shakes us, for, for better or for worse, it has a way of shaping our lives. And if you've been through a life event where you feel like it shook you to your core, maybe it shook your beliefs, maybe it shook your confidence, it left you shaken. Isn't it true that so often moments like that, if you think about a moment like that in your own life, they often have the potential to shape us and to shape our lives. But often the decision can come down to us whether we allow those shaking moments to shape us for better or for worse. A shaking moment can cause you to question yourself, question your confidence. You can lose your commitment or your hope. Sometimes even you can lose your faith. But I remember in that moment there where I had a near, that car crash, it was so close to happening. I decided in that moment that I would never be distracted while driving again. That moment 
that shook me to my core. I allowed it, I made a decision to let it shape me to hopefully be a better driver. What's incredible is right now in all our lives, and you don't need me to tell you this, you're alive and living now, is everything seems to be shaken in one way or another. We're all shaken. Much in our world is shaken. And when we're shaken in life, what, what can often tend to happen is we run back to or we double down on what is most important in our lives. And I think not only is this true of individuals, this is, can be true of us corporately, can be true of us as a church. And for those of you that are part of the Suncoast Church community, allow me just a moment to speak into you because if the principle is true, that when we go through something that shakes us, we double down on or we run back to what is most important, you have shown just what you value as most important. And you know, if you've been around Suncoast for any amount of time, you would have heard us say for years now that we don't go to church, we are the church. And a moment where we haven't had the opportunity to go to a church service and to gather in a building all at the one time together, to gather in that regard, you guys have still shunned. You have shone. You're still loving the community. You've been generous. You're feeding people. The stories we're hearing, even right now, those of you gathered in small groups and your connect groups, and the way people are continuing to, to pastorally follow up with one another, to encourage one another, you have doubled down on what you've always done in the first place. And even though things are shaken right now, you have not let it shake our mission and who you are as a church. And I want to take this moment to thank you and applaud you and appreciate you for doing that. Perhaps you're someone that isn't in a church community yourself and you're not, you don't find yourself with the community around you. I think whether it's Suncoast or not, I encourage you, find a community in your, your local area. In fact, even at this time, it doesn't even have to be in your local area. Many churches are doing this online. How important it is when things are say, shaken to double down on what is most important. And as right now, there's so many things that are shaking in the world, it's worth knowing, noting that Jesus himself predicted shaking. He never promised us a life without storms or without a shaking. But what he definitely did do, he came to prepare us and to strengthen us for the shakings that will inevitably happen in our lives. His teachings in many ways came to prepare us for the shaking of life, not simply how to avoid shaking and how to avoid turmoil and how to avoid storms, but rather how to endure them and how to ride them. In other words, how to build for the shakings of life so that when the shaking happens, your life doesn't have to be shaken. And you might ask, well, why Jesus? Why is it the teachings of Jesus? Why is it the person of Jesus? And if you're someone that is a skeptic or someone that might not even find yourself a believer, well, you have to understand for the Christian, for the follower of Jesus, what we just recently celebrated, Easter, highlights to us why we take Jesus at his word. The death of Jesus was one thing, where he willingly laid down his life. He went through the greatest shaking of all, through the most horrendous and gruesome death. But what punctuates everything Jesus taught and what authenticates and gives Jesus authority to teach what he taught was ultimately what we celebrated on Easter Sunday. He was resurrected, which punctuates the fact that he was a son of God. And he wasn't just someone who was normal. He wasn't just someone who was like everyone else. He was indeed unique. And so for the followers of Jesus, we look at what Jesus teaches and what Jesus shows and we recognize that it is unique and it is the kind of principle and it's the kind of truth and it's the kind of teaching that can make all the difference in our lives. So ultimately, what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross and through his resurrection, he paved a way for you and I to be part, this is so important, of a brand new kingdom. And he used this word kingdom. I know it's not a word we often use in our modern day vernacular. The words Jesus used in the words of the New Testament, 
was that he paved the way for us to be part of a brand new kingdom. And this was a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It is unshakable. And he proved his point by being resurrected from the dead. And so everything Jesus taught and who he showed us that he himself was, he was proving to us and he was showing us a promise and principles from another kingdom altogether. And in fact, in the New Testament, this is mentioned in a few different places. One of them is in the letter to the Hebrew Christians. It's in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. It says, Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and in awe. And so they understood in the first century that what Jesus established, the words here was a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so hear that challenge for us over the next few weeks if you look at this series, but also generally in our lives, is we look at this idea that will we build our lives on principles and a promise of a kingdom that is unshakable, of a kingdom that never shakes. And the reason this is so important now, we're all seeing how easily so much in our world is shaken. We live on shaky ground right now. Our economy is shaky. Our governments are shaky. Our politics are shaky. We learn how easily our health is shaky. Um, Culture, trends, these are all shaky ground. But Jesus invited us to be part of a kingdom that was unshaken. And it's important to note that when any area of our lives are, are shaken, this is a time for us to consider what those areas of our life have been built on or what kingdom those parts of our life have been built on. And so right now, is maybe you live in an isolation, work might look different for you, family life looks different for you, however it might work in your world right now, consider the areas of your life that might be shaken right now. It's a great time for you to assess what have I built these parts of my life on. Take, for instance, a romantic relationship. For those of you that are married here in some kind of committed relationship, whenever a relationship is shaken, it is a great opportunity to look at, well, what is this relationship being built on? Has this relationship been built on selfishness? Has it been built on lust? What has been the foundations of it? And when something is shaken, you can go back and look at what are the principles? Have you built your relationship on lust or have you built your relationship on the kingdom principle of selfless sacrifice? and of giving and of being generous, of Christ's likeness. When your health is shaken, it's a great opportunity to look at, man, have I been a a diligent steward of the body that my creator has given me to steward with the time I've been put on this earth, even with our mental health. When it's shaken, it's a good time to ask the question, what have I been building my thoughts on? Have there been healthy things things that have been distracting from my mental health? Even with our finances, again, many of us are experiencing this right now. And it is heartbreaking. Man, it is heartbreaking stuff. But it's a great opportunity to go, what have I been building my finances on? What principle? What world? Because if I've been building my life on the principles of greed and consumerism and hoarding and gain, then that is shaky ground compared to principles of the kingdom, which are built on generosity, which are built on wisdom and to be like Christ. This is such a great opportunity for us to allow the shaking to shape us, or in some cases to reshape us. And if there's an area in your life right now that all the shaking that's happening in the world right now is causing you to look at an area in your life that seems to be unstable and shaking, it's a great time for you to re-look at them and go, can the shaking allow me to reshape this area 
of my life. Now, Jesus paints a picture and so vividly to, to illustrate this principle. And it was right at the closing statements in his most famous sermon, which is now known as the Sermon on the Mount. You can read it in a, a few of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And a couple of times it's mentioned in some of those books where Jesus preached the most groundbreaking sermon you could ever imagine. He addressed how we're to engage with the world, how to engage with our neighbors, strangers, even enemies. Some of the stuff Jesus taught there completely rewired the way in which humanity are to relate to one another. So many fascinating things he mentioned there, but as he brought the sermon to a close, his concluding words were remarkable. Let me read this to you. This is in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 7 from verse 24. Again, this is the closing remarks of one of Jesus' most profound sermons that he ever preached. He said, therefore, as if to say, everything I just preached is there for this. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It's an amazing picture where Jesus compares and contrasts these two different builders, a wise builder and a foolish builder, arguably both with the same materials. And Jesus didn't criticize what they were building, didn't criticize the fact they were both wanting to build the same thing. They both had the same agenda. But he gave an unapologetic warning to the foundations in which these buildings were built on. And again, the contrasting ideas was one was wise and one was foolish. And here's the thing. We're all building something with our lives. If you think about your where you manage your time and your wealth and your energy and your resources, the way we spend it all, we're all ultimately building something. We're working towards something. <laughs> and how incredibly frustrating is it when we have spent time and money and energy and resources building something only to find that that what we're building eventually falls apart. I mean, that would, is just the most annoying if you've ever worked on a project before and you put so much energy to just see something fall apart. It can just be the most demoralizing thing. Yet this is the picture Jesus paints between these two builders. They've both built both used the same resources, built in the same place, yet one, when the storms came and when the shaking happened, one endured, one lasted, whilst the other fell apart. And so Jesus here gives us a promise for the shakings that are inevitable in life. And he teaches us then how to endure them and how to ride them. Ultimately, what Jesus is encouraging us here is we are to build our lives in such a way as that we are to endure the storm and that we are to endure the shaking. And it's worth noting here that you are more durable than you give yourself credit for. And the way your creator has made you, you are adaptable. You are more resilient than you realize. But what often happens, the shakings in life and the storms in life reveal what you have built your life on. And ultimately the source that you tap into, or that in this case here, that you dig into will unleash the God-given potential and the God-given strength inside of you. You have endurable potential. And Jesus is encouraging us here, and this is such a vivid picture, that we would build our lives on something that is so secure and so steadfast and so immovable that it will release the durable potential inside of all of our 
lives. So what I want to do here is just look at three practical applications and then we'll finish about what we can see as Jesus contrasts the foolish builder and the wise builder. The foolish builder and the wise builder. The foolish builder who built on sand and the wise builder who dug deep, who went deep enough until he hit bedrock and was able to build his building on something firm, secure, and immovable. Here's my first point when it comes to being conscious of the life you're building that can withstand the shaking is this. Don't be in a rush. Don't be in a hurry. If you think about the picture Jesus was painting here, again, both had the same plans to build houses, yet one was clearly in such a rush. He did not take the time or did not have the patience to dig deep. He settled with a shallow digging, a shallow foundation. The sand was enough. Whilst the wise builder dug deep, took the time until he hit the bedrock. The foolish are always impatient. They want things now. Where it be a relationship, we want it now. We want money now. We want health and fitness now. But the kingdom principle is radically different. The kingdom principle doesn't say be led in a rush or be led with a hurry. It's like be led rather with peace. Let your life be calm. And isn't it true that often life's biggest mistakes, I certainly know I've found this in my life, that often our biggest mistakes are made when we're in a hurry, when we're in a rush. It's often been said that the worst time to make big decisions are usually in the middle of a crisis or in the middle of a shaking. Often our worst financial decisions or worst relationship decisions are made in a moment where everything's shaken. And because we're so uncomfortable, we want to make a decision that gets us out quick and can often be the worst decision. C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, you can't see anything clearly when your eyes are filled with tears. And so, if there's an area in your life right now that has been shaken, don't be in a rush. Take the time to dig deeper beneath the veneer of the surface of what we're going through. I know we were in church communities, we've often seen this time and time again, when it comes to romantic relationships, how easy it is to progress things quickly and to move quickly to further stages of any relationships. But people who have any wisdom in a relationship will always say to someone starting out, take it slow, be calm, don't be in a rush, don't be in a hurry. The shaking of being patient will not shake you if you are not in a hurry. So the difference between the foolish builder and the wise builder is the wise builder took the time to dig deep and may, Matt, um, this could be a time for you in your life even in your faith to dig beneath the cliches and maybe just the ideas and opinions of others and to dig yourself and to find the deeper rock in which to build your life on and that is something worth your time and the second thing we can see here between the wise builder and the foolish builder and the principle we can take here is this listen to instruction and be prepared to be taught. The foolish rarely take on the advice of others, but they are mega interested in their own counsel. Where the wise, in contrast, this is, I see this all the time, the wise will always seek out wisdom. They consult the advice of the experience. So you can imagine with these two builders, surely one went and saw, sought out the advice of an architect and of a builder, and they were like, yeah, you've got to build deeper than just the shallow sand. For this space and for this house, you got to find the rock. While the, while the foolish builder can be, I guess, assumed here, he didn't seek the counsel of anyone, didn't seek the wisdom of anyone else. So take note, 
particularly in an area of your life where maybe things have been shaken right now, where are you getting your counsel from? Where are you getting your wisdom from? Don't take untried or untrue um, sources into your life that have no, maybe have no wisdom backing them or have no proven fruit behind them. Avoid, avoid the internet for all you can. Seek out those who have fruit in their life and who are seasoned in their life, who have a proven track record. And this is one of the things why it's so important for us to be connected in a church community because then you have the wisdom of a multitude of counselors around you. You've got people who are experienced in the scriptures. And here's what's really important is any idea you have, it can be tested. It's easy for us to take on ideas and not have them tested by anyone and be kind of left to our own devices. But when you're in a church community, you're able to test your ideas in a community of people who love you. This is also why reading scripture is such an important discipline in our lives. The, 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 the ancient truths found in the scriptures, leaders and, and lives have been enriched and successful for thousands of years because they've put in place the counsel and the wisdom and the promises from scriptures. And so the thing we can learn here between these two builders is one was wise, one was foolish. One arguably took on the wisdom and counsel of others whilst the other only listened to their own advice. And the final thing here to take note of is this. Think things through. Think things through. Live with vision in your life. Don't just live with emotion. Now, emotions are great fuel, but don't be led by it. It's great fuel, but it's a bad leader. Consider your future. Plan for the long haul. And I look at these two men, the, the wise builder and the master builder. And I often wonder, in considering this picture that Jesus used, that if the foolish man stopped for a moment and he, when he built his house, considered, wow, this is a great place to build. It's obviously by a beautiful body of water. I don't have to dig deep. But if he just stopped and thought things through, he would have considered that what I'm going through now, the seasons now might not always be like this. There might one day be a rainy season or a stormy season or a flooded season. And sure, the foundations that I've built are fine for now, but surely things are going to change. And if he just took time to think things through, perhaps he would have found himself in the conundrum where when the shaking happened, everything he'd built fell apart. And when it comes to our thoughts, our, our thoughts are an interesting thing. And just one, I guess, final thought about our thoughts is in moments where life is shaken and our thoughts can run away with us. And I even feel for many of us, maybe your thoughts are getting the better of you or maybe your thinking can take you down path where it can lead to worry and fear and anxiety. And we've all experienced it and can experience it in many ways, particularly when things are shaken. Here's what I find is super helpful, a question to ask that's super helpful to make sure you make wise decisions when you come to your thoughts. I often ask these questions of myself. When a thought enters my mind, before I entertain it, I ask these two questions. One, is it helpful? Is it gonna help me get out of this? Is it gonna help me get better? Is it gonna help me be smarter? Will it help me take proactive action? So number one, is this thought gonna be helpful? And number two, is it hopeful? If I follow this line of thinking, is it gonna lead me to be hopeful for the future? And so consider that whenever a thought enters your mind. And I guess finally, Jesus painted this incredible picture about building our lives on a rock and the difference between a wise builder and a foolish builder is whether or not you dug down into the rock. All through scripture, we see that the illustration of a rock is the picture and the illustration of Jesus himself. And so in this season, where many things around the world are shaken, but even things in our own life might be shaken, here's what I want you to consider. Would you dig deeper than just the veneer of worldly wisdom? Would you dig deeper than the economics and conspiracies of the day? And would you dig deeper than just the news headlines and find that there is something that you can build your life on that is sure 
that is secure and that is steadfast. And you can find grounding in the shaking seasons in Jesus Christ. And if you would put your hope in him, and if you would build your life on Jesus Christ, he will prove that he is the rock that can cause your life to withstand any storm and withstand any shaking. So here's my question to finish this, I guess, introduction for this series on. Would you consider how you're letting the current shaking, maybe it's the shaking of globally or the shaking in your own personal life, would you consider how you're letting the shaking shape you and determine that you're going to be a wise builder? I just want to take a moment to pray for you and particularly for anyone here that maybe you've never put your trust in Jesus, but never put your life on that rock. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And you can pray this out loud. You can pray this quietly. You can pray it in your own heart. But it is, this is a decision for you today to make a decision to put your trust in Jesus. And maybe you're someone who needs to recommit to do that. You need to make a decision in a brand new way in your life to put your trust in Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to pray with me today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for giving your life for us through Jesus Christ. And today we decide to put our trust in Jesus. We thank you for his death. We thank you for his resurrection. We thank you that he has forgiven us of all our mistakes. And today we choose to put our trust in you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by what you heard and inspired to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. Hope you can join us again on the next podcast or here at Suncoast Church.